You want to give your review of Scream? Okay. So, my review of Scream 6. So, full disclosure, I'm a massive, massive, massive Scream fan. Even when we were talking about the, the whole franchise, even though I've had misgivings about Scream 3 and have still think that movie is the weakest in the franchise, I don't think there is a bad Scream movie. I have issues with uh, with with a few of the sequels, especially uh, Scream Three, of course, and I have issues with Scream Five, which is a movie I still love. But I think I think every single one is kind of like this perfect encapsulation of the state of the horror genre, and no, and so much more than Scream Six, which is the return of directors. Uh, uh, Matt Benelnelli Open and Tyler Gillett, who are collectively known as Radio Silence, who directed the excellent film Ready or Not a couple years ago. Mm. And and uh, we have the returning cast from the previous film. We have uh, Melissa Barrera, Sam Carpenter, who is uh, revealed to be Billy Loomis's daughter. You have the return of Jenna Ortega, of Jasmine Savoy Brown, and Mason Goodings, as they are dubbed in this film, the core four, the surviving cast from uh, Scream 5. And we also have some returning legacy characters, like with Courtney Cox's Gail Weathers, who I I didn't realize it until I heard it in the trailer. This is the first time that Gail actually talks to Ghostface, which I think is really cool that we were getting that and of course oh. the return of Hayden Pantier as Kirby Reed who what became a fan favorite in I think an underappreciated sequel in Scream 4 and it was so happy that they revealed that she was alive which was in an easter egg in uh, the last movie where I think Scream is at its best when it dances that line between comedy and horror because even though as, as violent as brutal as uh, Scream movies can get they can also be very funny. And that's something that we talk about when we talked about uh, stuff like Black Dynamite, stuff like uh, Undercover Brother in Shaun of the Dead. You have to function within the genre you're parodying in order to be in a decent parody. And every single Scream movie, even though they are going into that meta-narrative about, about horror tropes and kind of winking at your audience, I think the strength of it is that they are all still effective slashers. And I think this is probably the best, just purely on a slasher movie in terms of its violence and its gore. This is the meanest motherfucking ghost face in the entire They are bringing that goddamn New York Timberlanded up Black Air Force energy to ghost face. Because these ghost faced is fucking mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I did a review uh, this past uh, week with uh, Marley, um, and me and him mm -hmm. talked about it. And yeah, we mentioned it. I was like, when they stab, they they stab. I mean, it is it's it's brutal. <laughs> yeah, uh, ghost Ghostface is stabbing people like they like they owe him money. They are stabbing. I was like, hey, I'm stabbing here. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, I also mentioned with Marley that how they use the setting of it being in Manhattan, mm -hmm. the New York setting, how you have like the subway scene I thought was very good. The bodega scene was very oh. good. Yeah. Yes. The, yes. Where I thought one of the weaknesses of the last movie was kind of this lack of set pieces, which is really iconic in, in the Scream franchise. Something that sticks out are the scenes of 
of uh, Sydney Prescott getting chased throughout various locations by Ghostface and seeing, you know, Ghostface kind of get his ass whooped, get shit thrown at him and him getting knocked down and then having to keep running. And I thought they did an excellent job of bringing that back here, especially especially in the set pieces we mentioned, like the... Uh, like, uh, like the opening, like the uh, like the 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 uh, bodega scene, which I think is an excellent bit of tension, tension building. I think that's something that Radio Silence excels with this franchise is the scenes of tension building. I know that a lot of people kind of have complaints in the last movie, like with the constant like fake out jump scares, with the the death of a uh, Tyler of Dylan Minnette's character, but it worked for me, and I feel. And I think that they did a massive improvement on in this film. And something else that I think uh, is a huge improvement over the last movie is I think the chemistry of the core four in all of the cast is so much better here. Where the last movie I thought we didn't really get to feel that sense of rapport between the the newer cast. It really didn't pick up until we got the introduction of Dewey and then Sydney and uh, Gail came back in. Here, I think it's much better, especially with the chemistry and interaction between the core four. Melissa Barrera, she's returning here and she is given much more to do and given a much more complex lead character. Jenna Ortega, she's phenomenal in this movie. Mason Gooding, he gets a lot more to do and so does Jasmine Savoy Brown outside of just being the new Randy stand-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was one thing I liked because I liked the sixth uh, better than the fifth one. I uh, wasn't really mm-hmm. as big on the fifth one as maybe some other people were. I think, yeah, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, I feel like the cast is more, the characters are more into their own in this one than there was in the previous one. I think they most stand on their own. Um, I did like the chemistry a lot better, mm-hmm. uh, especially, like you said, from Mason Gooding as Chad, who's like this protector guy of all of them. Like, I think, you know, mm-hmm. especially a guy who I thought was such a nothing character in the last one, I think they mm-hmm. gave him a little bit something to do here. Um, even though they turned that brother into a pincushion. They did it in the last movie, <laughs> they did it into this movie, they just like to stab the shit out of that dude i was like wow okay um <laughs> i mean we saw that i mean we saw the dude shirt cut you yeah. know, gotta think those muscles are like it's like helping out somewhat yeah um by the way this is a spoiler discussion spoiler talk we are doing mm-hmm. for scream six that we're doing and what we want to see mm-hmm. maybe from scream seven because uh, this is getting good reviews i think it's doing pretty well at the box office um so that potentially they are going to do a scream seven i think you can yeah you can, i think uh, yeah, yeah i think uh yeah, I think currently on Rotten Tomatoes, it's sitting at a 76, which I think is might be the highest since uh, the highest of a screen movie since uh, since maybe two. Uh, and I wonder how much has it made in the box office? Let me see. Uh, yeah, current box office has a worldwide total after one week is 67 million. Mm, and let me see what the you know what the budget was. Uh, budget uh, 30 to 33 to 35 is what Wikipedia. Okay, yeah, thirty-five million. So, yeah, it'd probably edge up, probably you know, come close to hundred million, maybe around ninety million, somewhere around that territory. So, mm-hmm. probably do pretty good. So, I think a seven-one, like you could say, pretty much is coming there. Um, so, uh, getting into spoiler talk. So, like I said, we are going to spoil it. Uh, who the mm-hmm. killer is, everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it turns out. So, spoiler alert: uh, it is the killer. Turns out to be the cop. Uh, mm-hmm. It turns out to be uh dylan minette who i remember every time i think no, of that, uh, no it's uh it's dermot mulroney dermot, who's, uh, dermot yeah. mulroney who's playing uh wayne bailey along with and this is a first for the franchise three killers 
A three kill. Okay, that's a first with Fran. Okay. Yep. We also have uh, his daughter Quinn, who's played by uh, Liana Otto, and of course uh, uh, Ethan, who's played by Jack Champion, who we just saw in Avatar: Way of Water. Who? Damn. I guess the dude finally took acting lessons in between shoots. <laughs> uh. And it's funny because I always mix up that dude who's the cop because it was like that running joke like people mix him up with uh, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, it's either yeah, yeah, Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulroney. Yeah, people mix it up. Yeah, I think he did like a mm-hmm. I think it was like a joke somewhere on SNL or something where he even confused his own name and then he was like, "Oh shit, I've been having sex with another man's wife this whole time. I never knew." Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you have that. So there, the, it's three killers, a family uh, set of family killers. Uh, where you have uh, a mm-hmm. father and his two yeah, kids. Yeah, they're getting revenge for uh, Sam killing killing uh, Richie in the last movie, who he's revealed to be Dermot's son. Yeah. Um, would you, were you able to guess Which, the killer? I was kind of on my toes. I, I feel like something that this franchise does really well is really... Uh, is kind of playing it close to the vest in terms of the killers. Cause that's something that works so well in scream one to where it was so obvious that it's like, it it's so simple that it would kind of be like a twist if it, if it wasn't Billy or Stu, but here I thought it was done played really well. There are a couple acting choices. Cause I saw the movie twice. Mm-hmm. There are a couple acting choices that uh, Mulroney has whenever he's like supposedly looking at his uh, daughter's body and something felt a little bit off when i saw it the first time mm-hmm. and then re-watching it i realized oh it's because he's an actor trying to be a bad actor mm. interesting <laughs> okay because he is in on it mm. and that is something that i think this movie does really well is some every single screen movie i think they get better when you rewatch them once you know the killer and you can kind of pick apart the ticks of certain actors as they're doing these scenes, especially because the most obvious one was Jack Champion as the shady kind of nerdy, uh, nerdy film student who happens to be Chad's roommate. Yeah. Um, uh, Chill said his daughter was the only one who not stabbed on screen too. Um, he just threw her no, ass. Yeah, there, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Very <laughs> good go. observation. And yeah. Yeah, that was like a scene, that entire scene in the apartment where I think you see it in a trailer where they're like trying to cross between balconies and through a ladder. Mm. That scene is fucking amazing. And speaking to uh, the improvements of the supporting cast, even the the victims that we get in this, especially uh, Annika who's playing uh, Mindy's girlfriend in this, her death scene is kind of, is tragic. It's very intense. Yeah. Uh, cause some people you can look at this movie, you know that they not probably gonna make it. And Annika was one. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was she was fine, but I was like, yeah, you you ain't making it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, know. and and which even in retrospect to having rewatched that movie, it gets even more tragic because Minnie one of Minnie's last words to her were, "Don't trust the love interest." Mm. Uh, um, oh, that's fucking heavy. Uh, and then Chill said that scene was uh funny. Uh, he said Chad upset me with his uh squabbles. Yeah, we I liked a lot of like the stuff they did more in this one with the sister dynamic, Tara and Sam. Mm-hmm. Of you know, Tara, you have Jenna Ortega's mm-hmm. character who you know, she's like, I'm trying mm-hmm. to move on, I don't want to be just known as the victim girl. Um, I want to move mm-hmm. on so bad, I'll even be willing to be date raped by this guy. Uh, <laughs> and then 
Yeah, I mean, and and yeah, and then you have Sam who because uh every screen movie has to comment on something in the horror genre. This one is uh delving a little bit more into true crime and conspiracy theories and somebody online is spreading a rumor that Sam was really the mastermind behind the last Woodsboro killings and that she framed Richie and Amber from the last movie, which I think is a term that was kind of really interesting for a screen movie is something that hasn't been done in this series before. Yeah, I like how when you go back and you do look at the screen movies, bringing that up, how they will take in the real life things mm -hmm. and try to play it into the movie. Uh, like one mm -hmm. of the movies, like I think this was in uh, Scream 4, they tried to bring in like the whole live mm -hmm. streaming aspect there. They brought mm -hmm. that in there because that was a big update there. Because I, Twitch, I think, actually debuted in 2011, if I'm not mistaken. I think Yeah, to, yeah it, it, it was either Twitch that debuted in 2011 or it was the app that was the precursor to it. I, I can't remember what it was. Yeah. And but then, yeah, yeah, that came out when live streaming was a big thing. And of course, last year we had the popularization of, of elevated horror and of course the requels, which is why Scream 5 was just called Scream. Yeah. It's doing the Halloween and Candyman thing. Yeah. So it's very, yeah, very nice. They kind of play into that in it kind of being, you know, a horror movie that's a commentary on other horror movies. So I thought that was good. Mm -hmm. They brought in those real life things of the conspiracy theory stuff um, of, of people thinking that uh, Sarah was the real killer there. Um, and then it's it's kind of interesting that they're kind of playing with, I mean, the whole kind of aspect of kind of the ghost face mask is talking to her. Like she's looking at this mm -hmm. shit like a uh, green goblin, like William Defoe looks at the green goblin. <laughs> she, she's staring yeah, at it and shit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that yeah, that was I thought kind of an odd decision in the last movie where uh, you got a a digitally de-aged Skeet Ulrich as Sam's hallucinations of her father, and here they downplay it much more. You only see him in like reflection, kind of out of focus, and I think that actually makes the de-aging look even better. Yeah. Um, you see, there's a scene in the trailer where she's just like looking at the mask. Yeah, I I didn't really. <laughs> she's staring. She's staring. Avenge me! <laughs> I I thought it was a little goofy the last when they brought back Skeet Ulrich to play Billy Loomis. They kind of de-aged <laughs> him, and she has like these visions that he's talking to her and everything. I thought that was a little too far. <laughs> I get you got to continue it because that's what happened in the last movie. Um, I guess. <laughs> Here, I I, I kind of did like that. She's kind of she's got a mean streak to her. Like she little she a little off. She got a little kind of so pearl that, in her, you know. A little a little bit. That scene where she's talking to her therapist, who uh, is played by uh, Henry, who was in uh, who was the dad in Ready or Not, which was cool to see him. Uh, he's she's talking about um, that. Uh, yeah, I stabbed uh, I stabbed Richie twenty seven times, slit his throat, and then shot him in the head and. Henry Surdy is just in that opposite chair, just yeah. what the <laughs> fuck have I gotten myself into? Uh, um, yeah, and and like the scariest thing about that scene is Sam is like it felt right. Yeah, which I mean, the only thing I thought of in that scene was I can fix her. Oh, uh, I mean, like Chill mentioned in the <laughs> chat, they were the sisters of baddies. <laughs> the two sisters of baddies. Yeah. Mm. Um, did, did you? Were you ever suspicious of the boyfriend? The love it, her uh, boyfriend who oh, played by oh, oh of course I yeah of course when I yeah when we did the trailer breakdown I he was my first guess of Ghostface mostly because I remember watching Arrow and he was uh he was played Prometheus in season five of that show and ever since then I do not trust that motherfucker anytime I see him on screen <laughs> mm. yeah so I thought yeah I thought he was pretty good here um 
you also have kind of some other kind of new additions here as well. Um, you also you mentioned the returning characters. How did you feel about Gail and Kirby? Because I felt like Kirby, I felt like she had a little bit more to do, but Gail, I felt like they mm-hmm. kind of just threw her in here. What do you think about the returning characters? Gail, I thought, I thought it was kind of an odd choice to include her because. Uh, because she doesn't really, because uh, her character just kind of resets every single movie. She says, "You know what? I'm not going to write about write right. about this. I'm not going to profit off of these murders." And then in between movies, we found out she did. Yeah, uh, so it's kind of it's kind of interesting when you bring that up. And I think this is probably uh, Cox's best performance as Gail Weathers in this franchise. And the whole scene where we're in her penthouse and she's fighting Ghostface, that scene is fucking amazing. In terms of, of both its staging and its choreography, mm, yeah, and, and Kirby, and Kirby was one of my favorite new characters in the franchise. I she is the absolute highlight of Scream Four, which is a movie I love. But I was kind of bummed out when her character got stabbed in the fourth movie, and I'm happy she's back. And she, it's great that she gets so much more to do. And I love how she plays off of uh, off of the newer cast, where we actually get moments where she discusses what happened to her and why she's kind of gone down this path of becoming joining the fbi mm, yeah um i thought that yeah i thought that was very good they bringing her back here um but the best nightmare on elm street movie is not the first one it is dream warriors that, that is, is true it is dream warriors. i mean that is true but but uh even uh even last year that was very much a love letter to west craven and i guess they see they said the first one because that was the one he directed mm. even though i think new nightmare is a better film yeah, but she was Kirby was right in the movie when she said that the best uh, Friday Thirteenth movie is the final chapter, That's part right. four. Yeah, goddamn right. And also, Candyman original or requel, both. Uh-huh. Um, why did you think? Because it's funny. Like, so Jasmine Savoy Brown, who's who's Mindy, she's the other half mm-hmm. of the twins here. Um, she's the Randy. She's basically the Randy character that you mm-hmm. have in this movie. It's funny that when she says she, because this is a scene in the subway you see in the trailer, she gets stabbed, um, mm-hmm. and the, the 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 Jack champions with her, and she's like, then she automatically mm-hmm. thinks, oh, it's not him. You would think at this mm-hmm. point, most of them know that it's more than one person. It's at least sometimes mm-hmm. it's always it's only been one time ever. It's only been one person. I was in Scream Three. You would think they would know mm-hmm. it's two or three people. So I, I that kind of just kind of threw me off. Yeah, it yeah, it's literally always been two killers. But I think because because in her mind she's was looking right at him when she got stabbed. It's like okay, it can't be him. Mm. And plus, even she said she's been really bad at calling out the killers. Yeah, all that movie knowledge has just been for nothing. <laughs> even even in that scene when the paramedics are coming, it's like. Oh God! I'm. Oh damn it! I got it wrong again. Yeah. Fuck this franchise. She said. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. And when. Yeah. But I'm. Yeah. And and probably the biggest spoiler thing to discuss is that for as violent as violently as a lot of them get it, like every single one of them gets stabbed multiple times. None of them die. Yeah. They. I which mean. Yeah. I think. Which they all make it to the end of the movie, even though. Like Mason Gooding basically got a prison shanking. <laughs> like they, just, <laughs> they held him there, and then they did that. Like they, 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 they held him, stabbed him, and then did a the goddamn knife wipe in unison. Which that was in a great the theater. Scene. 
that shit was kind of badass. That was that was pretty great. Yeah, but again, another thing with this being a horror movie, but it's like that's but that's but that's also kind of a trademark of the original trilogy. I mean, how many times did Dewey get get viciously stabbed before they finally killed him in the last one? Yeah, it's just like with these. I mean, movies- Gail got Gail got fucked up in them. Uh, fucking uh, Sydney gets fucked up in every one of these. Uh, it's just it's funny that they there's so many times where they knock Ghostface down, and I'm like, bro, just just mm-hmm. keep keep hitting double them. tap, <laughs> keep like like what are you doing? Well, like, well, like, well, there well there also was that scene in uh, when uh, Gail Weathers kind of had him down, and she was going for his knife, and she gets stabbed in the gut by the piece of glass. So I'm thinking. That could be it. Yeah, uh, that could be so- that. I, 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 I'm not saying it's not egregious that they aren't just double tapping the shit out of Ghostface, but I, I can kind of get it because your idea is just run. Yeah. Um, and then the final sequence. What did you think about the final sequence climax? What did you think about that? Awesome. Mm. Fucking awesome. It um, it was kind of uh kind of uh, a Sam embracing this other side of herself, which I thought Melissa Barrera pulls off incredibly. Like, the intensity in her eyes as she's repeatedly stabbing Dermot Mulroney, it's kind of amazing. And the whole uh, uh, the Carpenters versus these assholes segment was really awesome. Uh, I think uh, Jack Champion, he's really great at capturing kind of that Stu Mocker-esque energy where he's just chewing up scenery and having a great time. And that whole segment of their arcs finally coming together of you have to let uh, Tara be her own person and uh, handle shit herself. And that kill was really satisfying when uh, General Ortega kills Jack Champion. Because yeah. you see the look on uh, Melissa Barrera's face when she shoots uh, Quinn uh, she, uh, not Quinn. I'm sorry. Uh, she's yeah. That was her name, right? Quinn, right? Yeah, it's Quinn. Yeah, yeah Quinn. that was the character's name. Yeah, Quinn. She's it has that kind of that look on her face there. Like that was yeah, like like kind of that smile and that look like that was yeah. cold. Yeah, um, and just shoots her in the head. Yeah, um, yeah. A- a- after this movie, Melissa Barrera has crossed into that Mia Goth territory where, god damn, she is gorgeous, but I am also kind of terrified of her. Uh, so. What do you think they're gonna do for Scream Seven? What do you th- get some ideas? What do you think they're gonna do? Ooh, Scream Seven. I'm trying to think what is like the new thing in horror. <sighs> yeah. I mean, there was a joke. I mean, there was like kind of like a a joke on the poster where they had stabbed the musical, which <laughs> I'm kind of sad didn't uh, play a part in this. I don't know. Maybe Scream Seven is a musical. I don't know. I mean, new thing in horror is now, I guess, I don't know, crazy-ass women. That's the new thing. You could bring some crazy-ass <laughs> women in there. Um, you know, mm. has there ever been, like, a strictly just female ghost face? I mean, we had a woman ghost face in this, but she was a part of a we, crew. Yeah, we maybe. Had, yeah she, she was a part of a crew, but uh, Jill from uh, Scream 4. She was oh, yeah. from Scream 4 and, and Scream uh, 3. Nancy Loomis from Scream 2. Yeah, so, yeah, you have that. Um, hmm. And then... Uh yeah, so you had that, so you had those. So I wonder if they'll do maybe that mm-hmm. again, or it seems like they're trying to turn, um, maybe her into a villain, like Melissa Barrera. Maybe she's gonna be, you know, maybe mm-hmm. switching there. You have yeah, that, one. yeah, that entire sequence at the very end where she is holding uh, Billy Loomis' ghost face mask and staring at it for 
a really long time. That was really interesting. And in the theater when I was watching it, it kind of made me think, oh, shit, is that conspiracy theory real? Uh, I don't know. I mean, and to see who they'll probably bring back, because I, I saw an interview where they said, like, I don't know, Jill Roberts could be, I was like, you know, if you don't see a body, maybe she could be back. Um, they talked about I, that. I mean, I mean, she got headshotted, I think, in, in Scream 4. Okay, and then you see in this movie that Kirby mentions how Stu may be out there somewhere. It's like allegedly he's there, which I don't know so how I they're going to play so, that. So I think they could do that. That is a cool idea, which is one of the rejected ideas from Scream 3. But rewatching the movies today, Stu Mocker is not smart enough to pull that off. Right, that's, that's what I thought. But it's like, and also, did he just disappear they never find his body like how do you play the fact that he's not mm -hmm. dead or in jail like how do you how do you play mm -hmm. that but i, don't I mean know. i mean the way the film opens it kind of had an interesting where you're more exploring that toxic fandom aspect and radicalization on the internet where we get uh the opening kill which i think is awesome which is uh samara weaving who i called as one of the ghost faces in this and i happy to be wrong and she gets killed by a ghost face and then the first time we see it in the movie is we see ghost face pull off the mask and it's tony revelori yeah. who was in uh, a spider-man homecoming and we see this very long sequence of this dude just walking about town mm. yeah i mean that was a good and then opening, another ghost face calls it's probably my favorite opening of one of the screen movies since uh it is doing something so completely different and we get little hints that these guys were part of the stab subreddit that are that are planning to kill Sam and Tara. So mm. that could be interesting to see if that comes back in this, in another sequel. But just off of the strength of how big an improvement this was over the last movie, I'm down for whatever Radio Silence does with this franchise. Mm. Yeah, uh, I'd be interested to see what they do. So maybe Melissa Barrera is going to be a villain. Uh, General Ortega's blowing up right now, so I don't think they're gonna kill her anytime soon. She's, <laughs> you know, and then so they might make her the maybe the face of the franchise, make her the new big <laughs> screen queen over Melissa Barrera. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so that's kind of interesting there. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, maybe Sydney will come <laughs> back. Nev Campbell would be maybe cool to see her come back. Um, or maybe not. I, I mean, I, I don't think she honest, has to. Honestly. Honestly, after seeing this movie, because that was one of my big Nev Campbell is such the face and heart and soul of this franchise that I was a little worried that she wasn't coming back. But Scream 5, in the same way that Creed was, it was the passing of the torch of the franchise. Mm. And really, you don't need Sydney, even though they have an actual like in-universe reason why she's like not, not wanting to get involved with this anymore. She actually married Patrick Dempsey's character from uh, mm. Scream 3. And yeah. now they have kids together. So she's like, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It makes sense. So she got her ending. You mm. know, she doesn't need to come back. So she's kind of got her. Yeah, and that, and that character deserves it. And and more so, what do you even do with Sydney anymore? Yeah, true. I mean, yeah, that's, that's very true. You know, um... It's good moments in this movie. Um, I thought in Scream Six, I like the moment where Gail gets attacked and she like you know hangs up the phone, calls back, and then the phone rings and then she. <laughs> she, she I like that. <laughs> that was such. That was such a great moment. And even Ghostface on the other one. Yeah. Wait what? <laughs> Wait what? 
<laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, some kind of good stuff there. Uh, there, I like what they do. Yeah, like when uh, Gail first shows up, and they do a callback to Scream uh, <laughs> One and oh, Two. Yeah, she dodge. She dodges uh, Melissa Barrera's. Like a Dexter. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was pretty good there. But uh, hmm, yeah. All right. So that was spoiler talk for Scream. Six. Did yeah, you give a rating? I, yeah. Yeah. For my rating, I. I recognize that this is I. I am very biased and very pro this franchise. Even though I think all of these all of these films had their own flaws in some way, like some acting choices in the first one aren't great. Uh, the second one has that really awkward scene with Jerry O'Connell singing in the dining hall. Uh, Scream three is Scream three, and four I think is kind of weak in it. Uh, um, Four, I think it's kind of weak in its side characters and kind of the believability of who the ghost face is. Besides Jill Roberts, I think the her accomplice is kind of, really, that guy? And five, I think the side characters are kind of weak in their characterization. Not that it's any of the actors' fault. I just think that the script wasn't... The script was too busy trying to juggle giving them their own story and tying back with uh, with the original cast. And Scream 6 improves on everything that I loved about Scream 5, including its amazing set pieces, its intense direction, even the performances and the chemistry with all the characters. I absolutely loved this movie. This is probably, uh, besides the first one, I would probably put this as my second favorite Scream movie. Really? Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I had a great old time with it. I dug the hell out of it this is a strong tune in mm. yeah i gave it a tune in myself um i think my second favorite scream movie uh after the first one uh, 1996 is probably scream four um mm. and then i'll probably put this one i'll probably put this one third um yeah i think i have i think yeah i think i have it uh scream one now scream six scream two scream four and scream scream five and then scream three yeah. You scream, I scream, we all scream for ice cream. There we go. Um, <laughs> there we go. Uh, box office. Scream, six scares up. Franchise best 40, $44 million debut. So, hey, the <laughs> franchise best. Hey, yeah. hey, that f- hey, that fucking marketing team was working overtime. Because some of the best posters I've seen in recent memory have all come out of this. Especially the one where it's like, the subway map that is shaped like Ghostface, um, the one where it is basically Ghostface takes Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. That's what I'm gonna uh, title the video. Uh, Ghostface takes Manhattan. That's what I'm gonna do for the title of the video. <laughs> um, no, yeah. so Scream Six. <laughs>